Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends out there? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and sitting across from me, as sometimes, is Charles Thompson. How's it going today, man? Oh, it's going wonderful, you know? Just... Living the dream here on a Tuesday. Woke up with we did wake up to some sad news here in Nashville. We did. There there was a pretty pretty terrible tornado went through, and it's not a, every day you see a tornado go through a heavily populated area like no. a big city. It's, that doesn't so, happen very often. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. You didn't wake up because nothing wakes you up. No, whatsoever. No. But I woke up at about one a.m. this morning, about one thirty, to just crazy howling wind. Like there was a freight train going by outside my house. And that's what it sounded like. And my wife and I were trying to find some local news, but we're borrowing my family's YouTube TV account. And so I was getting local news from Illinois where they live. <laughs> that was not helpful. Illinois was not covering the tornadic activity in Nashville at no. 1 a.m. So I wasn't able to find any kind of information. We didn't get a warning on our cell phones. Normally you get that, that warning that comes through, you know, something like that. The sirens, yeah, kind of like in Hawaii, they got that warning that that missile. Yeah, we, I was impending. looking for my uh, impending missile warning, <laughs> and it was not on there. But you know the thing. Maybe you know the thing. So uh, <laughs> they were, uh, you know, that didn't come through for us. But then again, we were we were about ten miles south of where the tornado actually went through. So maybe the people in that area got a warning. But it's it's not looking good around there. There's 22 confirmed deaths so far from the Across from Tennessee, the yeah. yeah from the tornado that went through. So uh, pretty bad, you know. Uh, our thoughts are with all the people that are affected by this. I know still a lot of people uh, to be accounted for in Nashville. Uh, still power outages all over the place. You can watch the videos from last night and just see the transformers blowing all over the place. There's power lines everywhere. There were uh, early count this morning, 40 to 50 buildings, like actual buildings that have been destroyed, like businesses and things like that. Um East Nashville took it really hard, pretty historic five points area where all those cool bars and restaurants are. Some of those bars got just destroyed last night. So, you know, thoughts and prayers with Nashville. Hope everyone uh, is safe and coming coming through it okay. And just like when the flood happened in 2010, we're going to come out and just be stronger. The, right after you know you know the thing you know the so thing. that's yeah. uh, that's that's so, our new joe biden impression by the way we're just gonna say you know the thing i was gonna at the wait until people yeah. <laughs> you, you let them in on it too early well, Nate. they'll hear the video they'll hear it yeah they'll hear it yeah. they'll be like oh that's what they were doing the yeah. whole time that's what i was hoping for yeah but you got in too early um yeah i was i uh woke up this morning i had like i don't know about you but at least 15 text messages and all kinds of missed calls in fact i had three calls before 7 a.m. this morning and I wasn't up yet because I don't have my son this morning and when I don't have my son typically I can stay up a little bit later at night because I don't have to take him to daycare and get him ready and do all that stuff yeah yeah which is nice so I was planning on sleeping until 7 30 was my first alarm 6 30 the calls start rolling in and I'm like what in Sam tarnation hell's going on over here <laughs> so well, that's good everyone just, was worried about you just worried about me. I got tons of texts apparently it was national news because I had probably seven or eight I'm no Charlie I didn't have 15 texts but I had six seven eight 
text messages uh, from people asking if I was okay. And uh, you know, it got pretty bad there for a minute. And then the hail came through at 3 a.m. And I realized that my garage is a mess. I cannot pull my cars into the garage <laughs> so. whatsoever. So they just, they took a beating. And of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, total it, total it, please total that thing. <laughs> I need to make a better decision next time. Come on, do it. I got that gap I've coverage. Got gap, baby. Yeah, let's do it. But well, uh well, I, didn't, I did not wake up. But, you know, it was nice. My dad said that he saw some coverage on CNN, didn't believe the fake news. So he switched <laughs> yeah. on over to Fox. They confirmed, you know, his, and his they're like, oh, yeah. well, you know, there are tornadoes in Tennessee. But yeah. he actually called this morning just to talk. And then he was like, oh, while we were on the phone, he saw it on CNN. Yeah. Well, and I was like, what are you watching fake news for? <laughs> Why are you watching that CNN, man? You know that's all fake news. Well, subscribe to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We we do a new episode every single day of the week. If you're listening on our website, if you just happen to come across searching through your podcast app, go ahead and hit that subscribe button or the follow button. If you're on Spotify and you found it, we put out a new episode every single day of the week when we want to, talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, talking about a lot of libertarian ideology, but we're not strictly big libertarian we're talking about how liberty is the best thing for the most amount of people if you actually want to solve the problems if you want to offer real solutions that would really fix things not just throw money at situations that have already had trillions of dollars thrown at them and clearly not working well we talk about actual free market tangible realistic rational solutions to all of these problems all things right, that could all actually right, happen all right oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so we got all kinds of stuff on the docket today there's a couple things from the supreme court <laughs> on the docket on the docket in the stack <laughs> in the stack right here which is how old your kid uh no i don't have any kids (laughs) i'm a great uncle though yeah well not a great uncle none of my nieces and nephews have kids but i'm a a wonderful uncle yeah yeah so we've got to talk about the supreme court questioning the legality of the consumer financial protection bureau and then we got to talk about them they're going to be possibly rehearing the Obamacare individual mandate case. So we got to talk just a little bit about that, see what's going to go on. The, the, the game has changed now that the IRS is not enforcing that. And then we got to talk a little bit, a little, you know, you know the thing? We got to talk a little bit about Joe Biden's gaffes, just a little bit, and a little bit of Bernie Sanders' agenda and the fact that he is still putting forward doubling our debt if all of his greatest projections come through and whether or not that should matter. You know, it probably should. It should probably matter, I would say. You know, I'm going way back here. Yeah. But in essence, what you were trying to say earlier is that you uncle well. I uncle really well. It's a verb when you uncle things. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a good uncler. <laughs> my uh, my um, brother and sister-in-law asked their daughter, uh, my niece, what she wanted to do for her birthday. And she said, I want to go to Uncle Nate and Aunt Lacey's. <laughs> That's nice. what she said. Yeah. So we're, we're winning as far as being really cool uncles go. So you that's good news. Watch my kid more often. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Do you want to tell me about Obamacare and the individual mandate, Charles? Chuck, I, you know, I actually, that was my plan today. Yeah. Yeah. Is to, to get talk about to this right here, right yeah. in the news. So <laughs> Supreme Court to hear Obama case. Now, if you guys remember, we have done several healthcare episodes. And if you go way back in the day, we've talked about the Supreme Court decision. And in case you are not familiar, the Supreme Court back in 2013, I believe, I think so. I know Obama ruled, was obviously still in office, but they yeah. ruled that the penalty for not getting insurance was a tax. Therefore, it, it was legal. 
One of my favorite uh, late justices, Antonin Scalia, uh, pointed out in his in his uh, dissent. Well, yeah, I know it was a dissent, but I was trying to get, think of the right adjective for that. Or, or the yeah, beautiful, his wonderful, his raving, raging dissent. I yeah. guess would be one where he talked about how basically the oligarchy of nine lawyers who happen to sit on the Supreme Court yeah. bench are the ones who are just making up words because they're making up words that actually didn't belong in the language. So Trump got in the office and he was like, yeah, well, you know, I see this rule. We're not going to follow it. So I'm not going to ask the question. What's that? Don't ask, don't tell. That's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> he says, you know what? I run the IRS and I'm going to tell them not to enforce the individual yeah. mandate and come to find out this matters when it comes to that Supreme Court case. It does. So this coming from the Washington Times, the Supreme Court announced Monday it will take up the challenge to Obamacare's individual mandate, even though they ruled on it not that long ago. The case likely to be heard in the fall with a decision expected by June 2021. They're efficient over there at the Supreme Court. It takes <laughs> they a need, long time to listen to this kind of stuff. They need to start hearing the case before the election is what right. they're saying. Of course. Yeah. A federal appeals court ruled last year that the mandate requiring all Americans to have insurance or pay a penalty runs afoul to the Constitution because it is no longer a tax following President Trump's decision to zero out the fine. But that zero out the fine. <laughs> <laughs> the fine. Yeah, not the tax. The tax. Yeah. That's so, yeah. weird. Weird wordage there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I just got tripped up on that yeah. there. It's no longer a tax following President Trump's decision to zero out the fine. It's a fine now. <laughs> okay. But the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in a two-to-one decision put off a thornier question. This one's thorny. <laughs> Whether other parts of the law, formerly known as the Affordable Care Act, can stand without the mandate. The case comes after groups of red and blue states have sued to test the impact of the Trump administration's move to gut the individual mandate, which the Supreme Court has ruled was a tax when Obamacare was created. In 2017, as part of the, part of the tax code overhaul, Congress zeroed out the penalty for not having coverage, which Mr. Trump signed. That move, lower courts ruled, resulted in the law being unconstitutional. How about that? This should be a lesson for those wanting. That was my notes in there. Yeah. Okay, so that's not part of the art. This is <laughs> not, not from the, the Washington yeah. Times. <laughs> so now, what's crazy to me, though, is that in, in the tax code in 2017, Congress zeroed out the penalty, which all of a sudden uh, resulted in the law being unconstitutional. It's like, what? No, it was unconstitutional to begin with. It was already. The but Supreme the, Court just made up. Yeah, yeah. That it was, oh, we meant to say, Congress meant to say tax. They didn't mean to say penalty. When they specifically said that it was penalty. not a tax, that exactly. it was a penalty. Yeah. By the way, this is a tax, therefore it is constitutional. And of course it is not. The Supreme Court issued an opinion on something that is not the end-all, be-all, rain-down-from-the-heavens word of God saying that this is not uh, unconstitutional because it is unconstitutional. A lot of things that the government does, by the way, are unconstitutional. Very. We'll, we'll be talking about that here in a minute. But yeah, that's a crazy thing because because Donald Trump has decided to tell the IRS that they do not need to pursue the penalty, the fine, the tax to the people who are who are not getting insurance. Therefore, it's not a tax anymore. So now they can retry the case. I think that's pretty cool. This is going to be a really interesting situation. And Obamacare, even though it already has completely failed its original intent, obviously it has already failed. 
Uh, it cannot, there is no possible way that this works without a mandate because you have to force people that do not need insurance to buy insurance. So it will not work without that. That's why what? it was in the law. I don't agree with it, but that's why it was in the law and they knew that. There is no way that this would ever have a, a chance whatsoever of working if they don't force people who aren't going to use it to buy it. They have to do that. And so if they remove this, the entire Affordable Care Act, the system that has been set up underneath that, is completely destroyed with the individual mandate gone. So I know it's already kind of gone now because they're not pursuing it, but this will be an official word, an official opinion from the Supreme Court. So that will be that'll be making some headlines for sure. You know, hell would freeze up and over and down sideways. You know the thing. <laughs> and if it did that... Then this unconstitutional part, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we got to get to this Biden video pretty so, quick. <laughs> so that, that exactly, and that's exactly what the tough part about all this is. So many people, I can't even continue. So many people have died because of this mandate. 150 million people have died, died since we enacted Obamacare in 2001. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know a bit, something like that. Exactly. You know the thing. Um, but seriously, it, it's what's what strikes me as odd in this is that the federal, basically the Supreme Court was checking the federal government on whether something was unconstitutional or not. And Scalia's dissent is absolutely beautiful. If you haven't ever gone to read it, and if you're a nerd like I am, then go and read uh, Scalia's dissent on the on the decision to uphold this uh, penalty or this fine as a tax. But here's what happens. Is that if you don't pay that fine back when Obamacare was um, before Trump decided that you didn't have to, that he wasn't going to direct the IRS whether or not to check on whether you answered that question accurately or not. Um, if you didn't pay the fine, then they would you would get put in jail. Yeah, that's the. That's what makes it unconstitutional. Well, I mean, it's the IRS forcing, and they're saying that you owe them something. And I mean, that's basically tax evasion at, the, right. at that time. Yeah. yeah, you're forcing people to own a good or service. Yeah. Since it's, when do you enact laws that force people to buy a product from a private company? Like you know? imagine if you were forced to buy Coca-Cola. Yeah, it's in the law. It's yeah. in the soda The soda law. There originally was a penalty if you didn't buy it, but now they, they the ruled it as a The Affordable Cola Act. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. You do the math. You know the thing. So we've got <laughs> we've got this. It's going to be pretty cool. And this should be a lesson, by the way, for anyone who wants Medicare for all. This is this is a final thing. Say you're in a debate online and you're talking about Medicare for all. This is exactly what can still happen to Medicare for all. You think that that that, uh, the, you know, the people uh, Bernie Sanders is going to get into office and then enact this beautiful, virtuous, altruistic legislation. And then it's just going to stay there forever. No one's ever going to mess with it. No one's ever going to tweak it. No one's ever going to pull things away from it. This is what happens, just like what happened to Obamacare. A Republican got in office and then he started pulling away parts of the law that effectively disabled the entire Affordable Care Act because it can't work without the individual mandate. So he's effectively taken it away. It can't even work with the individual mandate. <clears throat> it still mandate. can't work. <laughs> that but was with like the best projections it, ever. It obviously can't work without the individual mandate. So the same thing can happen with Medicare for All, by the way. When you have Bernie get in, you say, well, we got to get rid of the private insurance companies and we got to make sure that we're taxing this much from the people. People are just going to get in after Bernie, you know, after he dies, they're going to get in office and they're going to be 
tweaking those taxes. They're going to be tweaking all the different fines and penalties, and they're going to allow eventually for private insurance companies to come in, and then people are going to see that private insurance is still better than Medicare for All, and that the entire Medicare for All thing will be destroyed within 10 to 20 years, just because we don't have a dictator that gets in power and then keeps that power forever. We change back and forth. We're a lot different from a lot of these other countries in the fact that we swing back and forth so much between different ideologies and our administrations. That's honestly what's still cool about America, yeah. by the way. <clears throat> you know, it's probably still going to a a socialist hellhole eventually. Yeah, you know, the trend is downward. The for trend sure. is going yeah. that way. And <clears throat> if I were you, then I would, you know, I would buy it up because it's going to go back up. You know, you know the thing. And so. But the cool thing about America is that we have all of these different instances where you can you can combat the wrong side in several different ways, not only at the federal level. So now we have new Supreme Court justices who will probably mm. rule in favor of this being unconstitutional. Yeah. So that sets a new precedent, even though six years prior, they they said it was constitutional yeah. and that but matters for by the way when a new president comes in office yes the supreme court has ruled that that individual mandate if sanders gets in office and says we're going to enforce this penalty for the time being well the supreme court has ruled saying that this is unconstitutional and you'd have so to that challenge matters. it again and yeah so there's all those checks and balances yeah okay but what's even cooler than that is you notice with these different states legalizing marijuana even if the federal level says if they do something real stupid, all the states can be like, yeah, look, F you, man. We don't care. We don't care. I'm I can't a sovereign wait. state. I can't wait for states to start legalizing people who are under 21 to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. You know? I mean, personally, I, it's not that I personally can't wait for that, but I'm just saying they'll do the same thing that they did with marijuana. All the states have to do is put it on the ballot and say, hey, do you think we should allow 18-year-olds to consume tobacco products? And then they'll do the same thing that states that have legalized marijuana have done. Right. Because that's against federal law to have marijuana. Still. It's a, it's a federal prohib prohibition, okay? And they're still legalizing it. Look at Virginia. Look at what's happening there when they decide that they're going to take guns away and the sheriffs. And so now you got your state governments that they can take votes and nullify things in the federal government. Well, then you your the county, then your state governments can do something and then all the sheriffs and the counties and all of those people can say, "Hey, well we're not going to enforce this unconstitutional law." We have a pretty cool system of checks and balances as long as especially Especially at the local level, especially at those sheriff levels and your county commissioners and your all those people, you're making sure that those are liberty minded people. You could still live in a libertarian county if you wanted to, if you elect that person that's not going to enforce any of the unconstitutional federal laws. And you can still live within a libertarian county if you want to. Because the federal government doesn't actually have the manpower to enforce all of this. This is how Colorado, California, Illinois, Michigan uh, wherever else, Jesus. Yeah. A lot of them, Florida. This is how they've all gotten away with legalizing marijuana. That's still a narcotic, you know, to the federal government. Technically. Yeah. But all these States like, Nope, no, 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 no. I mean, technically so, the DEA could come in yeah. and do something, but they're, what are they going to do? Enforce this over five States or however many it is and, and arrest and track down and put in prison all the people who, who are buying and selling weed or consuming them. I mean, they, they can't do that. You notice even on these TV shows, when these giant investigations happen at the federal level, they have to have local police and local resources involved to help 
solve the case, let's say, or do the investigation because they don't have the manpower. No, they don't have it. I mean, so this is what's really cool about America still. And this is a great example of one of the checks and balances. Can that, we play the can we play the Joe Biden here in a minute? I gotta play it. Yeah, play the thing. All right. Play so, the thing. <laughs> this is pretty crazy to me that this is you know, he's a potential nominee for president. Now I listen, I know that Trump The man got fifty percent of the vote in South Carolina. He did. By the so way. what does this say about all y'all down there in South Carolinas? Okay. Well, what does that say? But you know, he could be the nominee. Who knows? Depends on how much power the DNC wants to swing around they're, against Bernie. They're pushing it. We'll see. He could be the nominee. They got two By the way, today is Super Tuesday. It is Super Tuesday. So we're about to find out. Yeah. So go out there and vote against Bernie Sanders. If you're going to go vote, <laughs> go do it. Uh, but yeah, it, this it's Super Tuesday. We got Biden. He could win a lot more delegates today. They had three people drop out over the weekend, right? Three people. And they all put their support behind Joe Biden. By Did the they? Way. Yeah. Klobuchar, um, Buttigieg, and Steyer? Uh, Steyer, yeah. So it's, it's pretty... It's pretty uh, interesting to see that them drop out and then endorse Joe Biden immediately. It's it's like, well, okay, what, what's going on in the background here? What, what do you think's happening? What, yeah. what are we missing here? So we got this going on. And this is what happens at his rallies. I've had such a hard time watching the Joe Biden gaffes, by the way. They're so uncomfortable. And honestly, I start to feel bad for him because it's as if it's as if he's had a stroke recently. Like, that's what it is. So, uh, Or he's stroking while he's talking. Yeah, or he's just hammered drunk. One what? of those things. Yes. And listen, I know Trump is not a perfect orator. He's not like the best speaker that ever goes out there and says all perfect things. His speech even gets a little bit slow sometimes. But he doesn't say the most obvious gaffes like joe biden does and then just goes by it like he doesn't he doesn't even acknowledge the fact that he just did it because you see know if he knows you've seen it in the debates and everything else i mean this guy he's got a couple screws loose a couple at least two out of three just so you know if he does become president he's not making any decisions (laughs) it's everyone else all right listen to a few of these gaffes this is awesome tomorrow's superstar tuesday and i want to thank you all (laughs) I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun <laughs> manufacturers from liability. It would put 720 million back million women back in the workforce. Nobody <laughs> should worldwide? be in jail for a nonviolent crime. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even with this. (laughs) Go, go, you know the thing. He's drunk. It's your drunk guy impression. That's what it is. Hammered. If you've ever given an impression of like how your friends act when they're really drunk, that's Joe Biden talking. And Joe Biden, and I'm. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. And this guy could end up being the person who's going to be campaigning and running against Donald Trump. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's completely insane. And honestly, I can't wait to play more clips like that because there's going to be so many more of them. You know so, the thing. You, you know, know the thing. thing. Like that's, <laughs> so if you hear us do that a bunch today, it's because we've been laughing about that whole, <laughs> we all these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are 
created the go and you know the thing <laughs> so good okay one more supreme court thing listen we guys hold these truths to be self-evident <laughs> oh man oh listen supreme court by the way everyone just so everyone knows supreme court issues opinions they do not wait, issue wait, laws wait, real quick you know what that reminds me of what you see the movie the campaign uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tries to recite the lord's prayer yeah that's good yeah <laughs> what's his name cam uh Oh man, uh, I can't remember last now. name. Brady. Cam Brady. Yeah, that's, that's right. His name. Yeah. He goes to recite the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> it's really good. Our Father, <laughs> who art thou be in heaven. <laughs> you know the thing. You know the thing. Come on. Campaign. Oh my God. But this is real life. Joe yeah. Biden, real life. Is, it's not even a movie. <laughs> let's see what we got here. Let's see if we can play that. Can well, play? as a Christian, I guess that it would be easy for you to recite the Lord's Prayer. Is that what we're resorting to here? Gestapo tactics. <laughs> Would you like to hear him say the Lord? Fine, I'm happy to. Our Father, Art, who is up in heaven, aloe vera be thy name. The thigh. Thy kingdom, the magic kingdom, as it is on earth in the helicopter. Give us this day our daily pizza and let us digest it forgive us pass forgive us for trespassing and do not lead us to the temptations because we are tired of them and their dancing and deliver us from evil with your mighty sword and falcon forever and ever and ever amen <laughs> You know the thing. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're right. That is that's Joe Biden that's right Joe there. Biden. That's Joe Biden. You know the thing. Only about forty years younger, I think. I'm crying. Right oh now. man, that's good. If you're watching live on Patreon, I'm crying. It's, I'm laughing so <laughs> hard. We're broadcasting live on Patreon, by the way. Yes, we've become evil, greedy capitalists. If you guys want to watch us live, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Good Morning Liberty and watch the podcast live, including the pre-show and the post-show every single day. Get involved over there. Get involved with helping us promote liberty on a daily basis even the lowest tier level the five dollar level gets you this and all kinds of other exclusive content they're not free because you have to pay for them by the way charlie i said that yesterday by the way charlie pointed out you did <laughs> i said you guys should go donate to us and pay this much money on patreon blah 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 so if you want all those freebies go over the patreon I slipped up. I pulled. I, I went into you know free college and and free public education and all those free things that you pay for. You did, yeah. So <laughs> so you could ask yourself that: if I'm paying you monthly on Patreon, can you say that I'm getting things for free? No, no, you couldn't because you're paying for it, and that's everything that the government is giving you. By the way, for free, you're paying for them. You you are paying for them. So anyway, Supreme Court questions legality of Elizabeth Warren's CFPB. That is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. <clears throat> the Supreme Court on Tuesday questioned the legality of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, specifically whether Senator Elizabeth Warren's brainchild created during the Obama administration can be led by a single director unaccountable to the president. Congress has always established these as multi-member agencies, Justice Brett M. Kavanaugh said about independent agencies during oral arguments. The Trump administration argues the president should be able to terminate an agency head at will, not only for cause. So he's got to have a 
cause for being able to do it. You yeah. can't just switch out the people. Tuesday's legal arguments focus on the separation of powers and whether the CFPB runs afoul of the Constitution because its director is largely shielded from being fired by the president, presenting an issue with the separation of powers. Created in 2010 by Congress during the Dodd-Frank Act in response to the 2008 financial crisis, the CFPB aims to tighten controls on the financial sector, including banks, securities firms, mortgage lenders, and credit unions. It enforces nearly 20 consumer protection laws. The agency's director is removable by the president only for cause. Opponents of the agency argue an independent institution exercising executive authority runs afoul of the Constitution and the three branches of government, saying it infringes on the civil liberties of the people. What do you think about that, Charlie? Do you think that an agency should be able to run largely uh, independent and not be within, I don't know, the powers, the checks and balances of our three branches of government? I don't think the agency should exist to begin with. There's number one. Honestly. Yeah. We wouldn't be having this discussion yeah, because cut it out the, because nowhere in the Constitution did the founders lay out the consumer protection. What is it? Financial Bureau. Yeah, whatever. Consumer Con- Financial Protection Bureau. That's what it is. Yeah. The CFPB. They probably have a SWAT team. Probably. Yeah. No, nowhere in the Constitution is it laid out that they could do that. Now, what's funny is, is Congress wants to they want to delegate their power uh, unconstitutionally, by the way, and they create these agencies and they assign them to the to the president, which the president, that's how the president becomes more king like. Yeah, because, like, oh, we don't have time to pass all these laws and manage all this stuff. And, you know, you know, the thing. <laughs> And we there's too much for us to manage and it takes too much time and it's really hard to get laws passed. So we just create all these agencies. They can write their own regulations, which act just like laws, and then yeah. we're not held liable for them. Number one. Number two, it gives the president more power, which is what he what we want to do. And three, it takes all the blame off of our shoulders. Yeah. Well that wasn't me, that was the CFPB. Right. That's exactly about? what they want to do. And you know what? The way America is designed, laws are supposed to be hard to pass. Yeah. That's the, you're supposed, you have to convince two thirds of the Senate. Each new law has got to be put in, put into, you know, you know, it's got to be put into place by people that were duly elected. The people in Congress, they have to create the laws. And those are people that we switch out every two to six years. And they're the best representation of the people that we have. And so an independent agency that is going to basically run a, be another government into itself and be able to create laws. It says they have 20 consumer protection laws. So those are laws that were not put in place by Congress that this bureau just puts in place and the president can't switch the person out unless the guy does something, you know, ter- basically your, your union laws. You've got to be found guilty of murder to be able to be fired, something like that. So th- they've got that kind of thing where he can't get rid of them without cause. So even if a new person gets in office and he doesn't even think that we should have the Consumer Protection Bureau, well, then he can't really get rid- switch them out with someone who would think more along those lines. I think Trump has done a really interesting job putting people in place in these agencies that don't even think the agencies should exist. I've right. always thought that was really hilarious. Like Betsy DeVos, you know, doesn't even like public education. She's literally in charge of public education. Yeah, you I it. think that's hilarious. Oh, we're going to cut the budget by $50 billion. The guy, oh, nice. The guy, he, uh, I don't know if the guy 
ended up getting confirmed, but the first person he put up for the Bureau of Land Management didn't think that the federal government should own land. <laughs> That's hilarious. The first person he put up who was the former CEO for Hardee's, he was going to put up for the Department of Labor, and they didn't. he didn't even think that we needed a minimum wage. Like, I thought, I thought this was hilarious when he was first picking people for these for these positions. What the, he should do with the CFPB <clears throat> guy, then, is just... Um, you know what we used to do? This sounds terrible. But when you wanted to get rid of somebody because they were terrible and you couldn't do it because you were worried about unemployment, because, you know, the business owners have to pay for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't just draw <clears throat> unemployment. There's an unemployment tax and things like that. If they can prove that half of it's paid by the employer and exactly. half of it's paid by the government. Exactly. Yeah. You know the thing. So if you if, if you wanted to get rid of somebody uh, when I was in management, uh, what you would do is you just reduce their hours. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Like, oh, you only you've got one four hour shift this week. Yep. Like, sorry, we don't have any other time for your services because your services suck. Yeah. Like your labor is awful. <laughs> he should just reduce their reduce their budget and reduce all of their activities to nothing. Yeah. And then let the guy quit. And I, there you go. I, I didn't fire him. That's a pretty good plan. Yeah. But the question <laughs> has to be: Should all of these bureaus exist? You know, they weren't put in place really by the people they were put in place one year and then the play and then the thing just keeps the just gets to keep going for forever it's not as if we have a new vote to see if the bureau the bureau should still exist which is really what we we should have we should have a new vote to make sure these people who are making laws if you're going to create it in 2010 in response to the financial crisis well that needs to be up for a vote in congress every single year to make sure that that bureau should still exist if you are but uh, number one it shouldn't exist. And that's the first right. part. It shouldn't be there. Well, and give examples about how these consumer protection laws actually play out in real life. We're doing some trading stuff. You guys have been listening to the show. You know we're offering a class which launch, launches tomorrow. It's the Liberty Trading Academy, so you can learn everything you need to know about day trading. And there's one particular important thing that happens that the SEC does, which is the security forms, right? The Securities, Securities and Exchange, Exchange Commission. And if there is a stock that is moving too much, according to their calculations, they'll halt the trade. Yeah. And what it's supposed to do is keep people from making a bunch or losing a bunch of money on one single stock. What happens, though, is everybody gets an alert. Yeah. It says, oh, look, trading's paused on this stock. Well, that means there's going to be a lot of price action coming up. I need to do something. I'm going to buy a bunch when it opens. I'm going to sell a bunch when it opens, whatever. And the price and the stock even explodes even more. It does yeah. the complete opposite of what the SEC wanted to, wants to, to do. So does that actually protect the consumer? No, no. no. But it no. says it's going to. It, it does the opposite. <clears throat> and what can yeah. we do? What can you do about it? Nothing. Can't do anything. This is an unelected agency. Well, not to, not to even mention that if you are going to day trade, technically the SEC requires that you have $25,000 before you're allowed to day trade. Now, there are brokerages that operate out of the Bahamas, completely legal. They just happen to be within a loophole. Because the SEC is against poor people. Yes, because what what they do they're just as smart as white people. By they, the way, they, they got to, <laughs> according to Biden, they got together, they got together, and they decided. Well, you know what? If we have all these beginning day traders coming into the market, you know what would be great is if we force them to put in twenty five thousand dollars before they get into the market. And it's supposed to be set up as a rule where it will keep inexperienced traders out. It will keep people who don't know what they're doing out of the market. 
But what ends up happening is you'll get people who will save up the 25 grand and then jump into the market. And then, you know what happens? They end up losing the whole 25 grand where they could have got in with 500 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is they wanted to trade with and just lost the 500 because they didn't know what they were doing yet, if that was the case. And instead, they get this account with 25 grand in it and they put on a big trade and the thing tanks in a, you know in the opposite direction and they end up losing their entire 25 grand. Now that is a great law that was enacted to protect people so inexperienced people wouldn't get in there. And actually what it happened is that it's made it more dangerous for inexperienced people to trade. And that, but they sell it as a way that you're going to be protected by the government. Now, there are, like I said, these brokerages that operate out of the Bahamas within a loophole, a legal loophole. Trust me, that completely legal. I've been using the brokerage for a while because when I first started, I didn't have the 25 grand. So I made an account with this brokerage. They have really low commissions and really quick trading and their, their platform is really good. So keep using them. No reason to switch away from it. So you can still trade with more than 500 now within that loophole that operates out of the Bahamas. So the, there's still ways to get around these laws if you if you want to. But th this whole idea that they've been enacted to try and protect you from from uh, from yourself from bad decisions, you know, that's what it is. It's like making online poker illegal. I know. Yeah. Like, like what? If I want to set my money on fire, yeah, it's my money. Like you're telling me I can buy twenty five thousand dollars worth of product online, but I can't go and make a bet with someone, and potentially they lose money or I lose money, something like that. Yeah. Like I can't do that. Right. But I can make a twenty thousand dollar purchase for clothing or whatever it is I'm going to buy can online. Go, I can can go two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt when I'm eighteen. I could order a but car from Carvana. Don't play poker online. Yeah, that's too Don't dangerous. Don't do that. Too dangerous. Yeah, even though you have no chance of making money when you're spending twenty thousand dollars on a car on Carvana, you're not going to make any money off of that. But if you're gambling online, there's a potential you're going to make money off of it. If you're a really good poker player, you can. <laughs> Instead, you're left with only spending money on things that are going to take all of that money from you. <laughs> that's it's so it. amazing. This <laughs> logic is just—it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's no—it's not logic. It's—it's. It's, Look, I'm not saying you should be a gambler gambling, degenerate, drug-addicted fool. Yeah. But if you wanted to be, but who cares? The, the question is, what society are you setting up where you keep people from being able to make those decisions and <clears throat> from being able to learn from those decisions and setting up your society in a way where people have learned from what not to do. Instead, you protect them. You get yourself like your overprotective parent and then you get you move out. And of course, the kids just out there binge drinking all the time because they had an overprotective parent their entire life. And now they're out there just going crazy. You get your preacher's daughter, you know, uh, sorry, that's, that's a kind stereotype of a, for a, a reason. stereotype for a reason. OK, you were never allowed to ever do anything the entire time you lived at home. You didn't ever have to, you weren't able to make bad decisions. You weren't able to learn from bad decisions. And then when you finally get to the point where you can make your own decisions, you have no idea what to do whatsoever. And that's what all these laws are. They're trying to protect you. They set up a society where you have an entire, you have an entire group of people, most of the people who don't have bad decisions they can learn from and who can get better. And when something bad does happen accidentally, they, they don't know what to do about it. They give up. You just they make it worse. They decide that Bernie Sanders should be the president. Yeah. You know, that, that's all that happens because that's their only option because they've been shielded from bad things their entire lives. I know this sounds crazy to some of you, but if you actually look at the data, Data, and you look at what's actually worked in the world. You mentioned binge drinking. 
if you look across the world, the societies that don't that where they have less binge drinking, less deaths from alcohol from young kids and things like that. It's in societies that introduce alcohol at a younger age, 12, yeah. 14, 16 years mm-hmm. old, 18. They're allowed to have drinks with dinner, have some wine with their parents and learn about it. Maybe they get drunk with their parents for the first time and they know what the feelings like. They know what to expect. They know what they like. They don't like the same thing with smoking or anything else. Yes, those things are bad for you. You shouldn't be an alcoholic. You shouldn't be addicted to cigarettes. You shouldn't smoke crack. All of those things are terrible. But I like but, it. I like but crack. You, what you make things worse when you try to outlaw them to curb it because that's not actually how it plays out. I mean, look in, uh, uh, is it Uruguay? No, Portugal. Look in Portugal where they legalized or they decriminalized all drugs and they set up these centers for people who are addicted to heroin. And what has happened? Their, first of all, their violence has gone way down because they you know, pretty much eliminated the black market yeah. by de- decriminalizing all the drugs. The drug gangs. Yeah, exactly. And then the second thing they did is you have drug usage is way further down because people aren't trying to hide to get high. Yeah. You can actually go to a center where everything is controlled and you understand what you're getting. You, they've reduced their over, overdoses. Like, look, you're, you can't outlaw people making horrible decisions. And expect to have a better society. And I know that sounds crazy to some of you guys. It sounded crazy to me for the longest time. I growing up, I was like, you can't make heroin legal. Yeah, I was what? super. I was super against legalizing that sounds drugs. Crazy. But Ron Paul put it in the best words for me in the 2012 debate, I believe, or 2008, when he was he was asked about making drugs legal, and they asked him, "Would you make heroin legal?" He's like, "Yeah, I would." And everybody's like, oh, my God, this guy's a kook. But if if you actually think about it, if heroin became legal tomorrow, this is what he said. If heroin became legal tomorrow, how many of you out there would actually go shoot it up? Almost none of you would do it. And pretty much everyone who wants to do it is doing it. They're already doing it. Yeah, right. They would just decriminalize it and we would allow them to do it safer. Yeah, you can't. you, You know, those of you who are parents understand this. More than anything, the more you tell your kids, now you can't do that, they'll find a way. They sneak out, they run away, they still do all these crazy things. You have to balance the thing, you have to balance life out in a way where people are allowed to make some mistakes and learn from them. That way they grow and become a better person. Now, some of the people, very few percentage, they will go all the way down. Yeah. And that is terrible. And we, you know, but you want to help those We're people. not stopping that by making things illegal or by creating <clears throat> exactly. the financial That's protection the thing. bureau. You're we're not, not stopping. We're it. not stopping those things. We're just talking about stopping those things. All you're doing is making it worse for everyone else. Yeah. As you said, they've been these kids have been protected their whole lives. They're all winning. They're all winning participation trophies. Nobody gets first. They've been protected their whole life. Everything's they don't keep always score in their soccer game. Everything's been taken care of for them. And then they turn 21 and they're $50,000 in college debt. And they think Bernie Sanders is the only freaking option for president because he's the one that's going to pay for student loans because they don't think they should owe him. Yeah. And this is how this cycle works. And it sounds crazy to talk about. I don't know how we got on the heroin here. But I don't either. That's but the I extreme. Just, that's the I extreme. Got real hated. That's the extreme example. Because at the end of the day, first, you got to look at 
Is what the government is doing, is it helping? Would it be better if you legalized it and, and private companies were manufacturing it and they manufactured it in a way that would be a lot safer? And then that safer was, uh, the safer version was available. Guys, I don't think you need to do heroin. That's not really what I'm calling for, for people to do drugs. But you got to think about whether or not the market would make it better. Would they create a product that would be killing a large percentage of, of their people? You know, what, would they be doing that? Would they be selling it to you in, the, in those kind of quantities? But once you make it legal, then you're going to kill all the gangs and all the dealers and all those people. Most of them will be gone. And then you have to ask the question, in what what right does the government have to tell a human being that exists what they can or cannot do to their own body that is not going to harm anyone else whatsoever? What right does the government have to do? With that, how is that without within? making it worse? By the way, yeah, because that's what they actually do. They make it worse. And so that's when you make these kind of arguments. And obviously, we went all the way down the rabbit hole to heroin. But now you can talk about the you can talk about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. You allow the private market to take care of things like this. Guess what? Places, companies that take advantage of people, that steal people's money, that get people in bad ways, they'll be destroyed in a free market where new competition can come in, where people can do a better job. You're talking about the securities market, the banking market, some of the heaviest regulated markets that we have where you have to jump through different hoop after hoop to try to actually be involved in that market where you're stopping new competition from ever popping up. And when you stop new competition from popping up, you stop better options from popping up up because that's what competition does the consumer financial protection bureau is not necessary what's necessary is the free market and people learning from their mistakes learning from other people's mistakes and learning how to make good decisions good financial decisions for themselves because the last person we'll talk about here in a second the last people in the entire world that you need to tell you how to make good financial decisions is the u.s government they're the absolute last person that you need to 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 secure your financial protection why is it that you if you were going to take some type of investment advice or financial security advice would you go to a guy who was like yeah i'm a i'm a couple million dollars in debt everything i've ever tried to do failed and i just keep going more and more in debt and actually you should let me control your finances for you you wouldn't do that but that's what you do with the government that doesn't make any sense whatsoever that they're they're twenty three trillion dollars in debt. Nothing they ever do works. They run a deficit all the time, and you're going to let them be the consumer financial protection agency for people's financial decisions. How does that make any logical sense whatsoever? And the guy who run it probably came from Goldman Sachs yeah. or something like that. It's like I don't even like listening to a Dave. Uh, crap. What's the guy who does the Dave you know, Ramsey? Dave Ramsey. I'm sorry. I know that you know. It, Obviously, if you save your money and you spend less than you make, you can become pretty good financially. But I can't take advice from someone who went so far in debt that they ended up filing bankruptcy and then started an entire empire telling people how to spend their money. I can't do it. All right. That's not the person I want to listen to. Yeah. Now, maybe he learned from his mistakes. But his he, possible. he preaches safety. He preaches middle class. He preaches uh, secure your salary, make your your sixty grand a year, and and get your house and just stay parked for the rest of your life and be safe. And to me, that that's the that's the anti mentality that that I have. So so I don't like it. Now that works for a lot of people. I'm not saying that that's if that makes you happy and that that fulfills your life and you're completely okay with that, then then do it and be okay with it. But 
I don't think it's good to tell everyone that that's what you're you need to do or you're an idiot the way that he does. You know that he's he's no better than the CFPB in in my mind. You know he he's made all of these terrible mistakes and he's preaching to people that they shouldn't be risky whatsoever and without risk there is no reward. That's all the people that you envy or talk about have taken massive risks and went into insane amounts of debt to create the companies that they created and preaching the mentality to the entirety of America that you should just be safe and don't ever take a risk and and you know d- don't ever you know don't invest too much of your money make sure you're keeping the this envelope of cash in your in your house you know I just can't get behind that I can't, I can't do it. if you guys disagree and you know tell me a way that I can get behind what Dave Ramsey says send me an email charlie at goodmorninglibertyus <laughs> send me an email yeah and uh, we'll we'll talk about it that's right Nate send it to me do you want to read this or you want me to read well, it well I was going to I I pulled this up because that whole conversation reminded me of a a tweet that I had responded to because some people like to use uh, things that aren't capitalism to argue against capitalism. So this is coming from inhumans of late capitalism, which means they hate capitalism. And it's a tweet that says, I don't understand why everyone is so salty about student loan forgiveness. Big banks, bail them out. Auto industry, bail them out. Farmers, bail them out your next door neighbor who has two hundred fifty thousand dollars in student loans f them they should have budgeted better and you know what i said i'm against all of them all the bailouts all the bailouts for the big banks the auto industry the farmers that's not capitalism by the way no capitalism the free market would say ah you made some terrible decisions bank of america here you go crumbling to the ground now watch whatever southern trust rise up and take its place because they're a better bank with better decision making and all of that stuff this is how you get rid of the crony ridiculous garbage that exists it's not i'm against all of them and by the way they all should be responsible for their own decisions they're all against all those bailouts but they still would like to call for a government that will bail out anyone who makes bad decisions i mean that's that's just the point you you got into this situation in 2008 where you know i can understand the argument what were you going to do all these people's money's tied up and and all these institutions what are you going to do i don't agree with the bailouts but the people that they're winning the vote for like bernie they're not going to be anti-industry bailout if something goes terribly you know bernie would have bailed out the typewriter industry in the 70s you know <laughs> or the 80s when, whenever that would have needed to be done so they want to lose the job yeah they're not going to be anti-bailout they're going to be anti-progress is is what it is so be against all of the bailouts including the ones for students i i tweeted the other day by the way to to bernie you know we're talking about paying for the free college or, or similar to what that tweet said right there what about um offering all this free money to people who want to be entrepreneurs why why isn't anyone doing that because when you go to college you're trying to increase your human capital you're trying to make yourself more valuable you're trying to be someone who can go out into the world and create value for more people you're and educated you're, and you're saying that the government should front 200 grand for you to go do that Okay, obviously you're going to lose the incentive for colleges to ever be cheaper when when you're doing that, as we have. But why why aren't they saying the same thing for business loans? Why can't I go get a a free business loan from the from the government? Get free business funding from the government? I'm just going to be investing and in, and in raising my human capital and trying to produce value for people in society. 
why is it that you would be against people who are going to be creating those? Now, I don't think that should be a thing, but it says something pretty clear about what how people view college. They don't view college as an investment in the future, in your future earnings. They just see it as the next thing you're supposed to do after high school, and you should go there and get indoctrinated and learn a bunch of terrible things. And there's cool parties and stuff. There's you know? parties and you stuff. you got to join the... The Omegas, Omega Alpha, you know the thing. <laughs> Phi, Phi Beta Delta Alpha. Go, males. you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right, let me read this I'm next gonna, one. I'm going to put that on a, on a button, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing. All right, the next one. Even with new pay fors, Bernie's agenda still has a twenty-five trillion dollar hole. Uh, this is coming from Forbes, Vermont, which is a lovely town. <laughs> Senator. Bernie Sanders has made some extraordinary promises in his campaign for president, including free health care, a federal jobs guarantee, universal forgiveness of all student debt, and radical expansions of nearly every government program from Social Security to housing subsidies. When asked at a CNN fake news town hall last night how he would pay for this gargantuan expansion of government, Senator Sanders presented moderator Chris Cuomo. With a new document, the Sanders claim detailed how he would pay for his proposals. But don't be fooled. These numbers still don't add up. These colors don't run. <laughs> this We've boat told you don't guys. float. And Sanders should be pressed to explain his magic math at tonight's debate. <laughs> this was coming from uh, on February 25th. <clears throat> the first problem is that the list of Sanders' proposed spending increases is incomplete. Sanders has proposed costly plans for K-12 education, expanding disability insurance, paid family leave, and more that were not accounted for in the new document. I will just leave those off of there. Not important. This is a new way to do research, by yeah. the way. Yeah. He also grossly underestimates the cost of his Medicare for All plan by citing a flawed analysis that neglected to incorporate the cost of specific sorry costs of specific benefits sanders proposes such as universal coverage for long-term services and, and supports and failed to account for how offering universal health care benefits would more generous than those offered by any other country on earth would increase utilization of health services that's one thing that's an important point uh, offering universal health care coverage more generous than any other country He's not. He's out there talking about we're the only country that doesn't that doesn't have this. Those other countries don't even have what he's talking about. No. That's why they all offer private insurance, by the way, because the government doesn't cover everything. It doesn't cover all your elective procedures, or maybe you're really old and they don't think that you should have this surgery, or you don't think that they don't think that you're your kid should be moved somewhere where maybe they could be saved. They have all these reasons that they offer private insurance for people because they don't offer completely free med medical coverage for everyone. And th that's something that Bernie is not mentioning. What's uh, imagine that imagine that. Well, if yeah, if the thing about it is if it doesn't fit, yeah, you just don't put it in there. Yeah. And then you can just dupe people. Yep. But, but somehow Bernie doesn't lie. Like, oh, no, this isn't a lie. The <laughs> fact that he left these things out of there, omission of the truth, is, that's not that's not lying, is it? From Bernie, the article. BernieLies.com. Yeah, BernieLies.com. From the article, in January, the Progressive Policy Institute, which sounds like a pretty left-leaning think tank here. Sounds progressive, I oh. think. They published comprehensive cost estimates of the proposals offered by each of the leading candidates for president before the Iowa caucus. After incorporating new proposals that Sanders has released since the publication of our analysis and minor method, uh, methodological, sorry, uh, methodological updates. 
Why can't I say that? And when we're created by go, you know the you know the thing. You know the thing. Yeah. PPI concludes that Sanders has now proposed over $53 trillion of new spending over the next 10 years, an amount that would roughly double the size of the federal government. That's what we need, by the way. Yeah. We've had so many problems with the government, we need more. The problem is that the government hasn't had enough money. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. Our estimate is, if anything, overly charitable to Sanders as it accepts most of Sanders campaign's cost estimates outside of Medicare for all and assumes significant overlap in the cost of his proposed federal jobs guarantee and other spending proposals. Imagine that other analysts have estimated the total cost of Sanders proposals could be anywhere between 60 trillion and a hundred trillion over 10 years, which is, you know, when you think about the amount of lives lost in communism, it's between 60 million and a hundred million, because once you get that high, What's it matter? Yeah, uh, sixty trillion or a hundred trillion uh, doesn't really matter. Really starts to explode. Maybe one hundred fifty trillion. You know, you know what the government's not very good at estimating things. Estimating anything. Yeah, everything that they estimate for their entire existence has always been grossly under whatever it is. What, it will be the highest estimation and, you, and plus more. I want you to think about it in this Medicare for all because I hear these arguments all the time. Like, oh, sure, my taxes will go up a little bit, but I'm going to save money. No, you're not. You're not going to save any money. You're going to spend more on health care with a Medicare for all. Unless you're someone you, who is using the medical system all the time. Yes. Like you have a very severe illness that you are needing someone else to pay for. You're going to pay way more. You're going to wait in longer lines. People already complain about ER wait times. I just think about it. That's because, well, number one, we don't have a free market health care system. The average in the UK is four hours now. Yeah. Some, sometimes you can wait up to 10, 15 hours to get into the ER. And people get mad if you wait 10 minutes. Yeah. So just think about it. It's going to be way worse for you. It's going to be way more expensive. Not only are you not going to be able to afford it, but neither were your kids or your grandkids. You're shuffling all the costs over to them. But in, in, And think about that. Now, remember... This, I know this happened a while ago, but if you would just jog your history memories for a second for me, you know the thing. If you do that and you go back to when Obamacare was getting passed, we played you guys a video where Obama said over and 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 over again, over and over that. How many times did he say it? A lot. Quite quite a few times. On average, an average family would save $2,500 a year. On their on their insurance premiums. Uh, let me, uh, let me now. What you happened? You will be able to keep that insurance. If you've got a doctor that you like, you will be able to keep your doctor. If you like your doctor, you can keep your. Yeah, doctor. he also said you can keep your doctor if in your you plan. Like your Which, by the way, Bernie plan, has said the same thing. You're going to be able to keep the same doctor. Yeah. Fact-checking site told readers that the lie was a catchy political pitch. Promise was impossible to keep. We will start by reducing premiums. By as much as $2,500 per family. We'll work to lower your premiums by up to $2,500 per family per year. And that would save the average family $2,500 on their premiums. We're going to reduce costs uh, an average of $2,500 per family on premiums. So there just, you go. And it keeps going, Oh, by yeah, the that way. was the short one-minute TikTok version of, yeah. that, of that video. So you imagine what the government promised before when they reformed health care. And it was a dumpster fire it is a dumpster fire and now they're saying which we predicted back then by the way we said that the government is going to set up obamacare so that it fails so that they can implement medicare for all that's what everyone, everyone was, was talking about it's, that back in 2010 this is a pathway to single-payer health care that's, that's exactly what everyone said what is happening they're grabbing it by the horns and we, this is fruition it's coming to fruition 
and people still look past it be like oh well we're gonna save money no we're not we're not you want me to read any more of this? Uh, you don't. You don't have I'm getting to. Getting angry. The big point of this article is that even being gracious to Sanders and falling within his own projections of what incomes they're going to have and what things are going to cost, the only thing that they actually uh, changed was what Medicare for All is going to cost. They left everything else the what he said it was going to cost. Even with that, over ten years since that's how we do figures these days, so they're bigger. Uh, over 10 years, he is going to be $25 trillion in the hole. Now, that is with his projections and incomes, incomes, good Lord, incomes from all of the taxes that they're going to be putting on everyone, and with all of his expenses going out for all of these plans, he is still negative $25 trillion over 10 years. And Charlie, does that matter? It would fall from the article here. It would fall almost $25 trillion short of his proposed spending increases over the next decade, leaving a gap nearly equal to the total value of all goods and services produced by the U.S. economy in one year. Wow. So that means nobody can have anything, by the way. <laughs> it's all gone. Yep. All of it. All the value of all the goods and services. Wiped out. Yep. Every year. Gone. Yeah. There's nothing. That's not good. Last time I checked, that's not Jesus. good. Yeah. So this, the debt. This ma- is not listen, the thing. Eventually, the debt's gonna matter. The chickens are gonna come home to roost on the debt. Eventually, you can already see it. Look what's happening in China. They hold a pretty big portion of our debt in relation to everyone else that holds the debt. So they hold a pretty big portion of it. If their economy collapses due due to the coronavirus or because we're not buying as many things from them or the world isn't or something like that. Well, they're going to start, they're going to need the cash out on that debt sometime. They're going to need paid. So what's going to happen is we'll sell more bonds. That's what government bonds are, by the way. You ever got that $25 savings bond from your grandma that came, you know, came due the term in 10 years and you're like, thanks grandma for that. I I really want $25 10 years from now. That's what the government does when it sells bonds. They say, here's the deal. We are going to to return you $26 in 10 years if you will buy this $25 bond from us right now. And so they keep selling the bonds. They keep selling them. And then when when your bond comes due and they owe you $26, well, they'll sell a $26 bond to someone else and they'll tell them that they'll pay them $27 in 10 years. And this is a very, you know, a very rudimentary explanation of what the bond process is. But essentially, they have to keep selling new bonds to pay off the debts that they owe from the bonds. And there is a point where this is just going to spiral completely out of control, especially when the interest on our debt is as big as what we pay for the military or more, which will be what within 10 years, the interest on the debt is going to be, is going to be that much. So we have to actually pay attention to this and that matters because it will be a devaluation of your currency, the money that you have, your retirement accounts. You look at hyperinflation throughout history. A lot of places have had really, really terrible hyperinflation. We mentioned the Weimar Republic, 466 billion percent because they had to keep printing money all the time. They had to keep printing that money to pay off all the debts. They had 466 billion percent inflation in three years. That's not good, by the way. If you're looking at things that are good and things that aren't good, 466 billion percent inflation in three years is not good. You look at Venezuela, you got you got money just lining the streets. They don't need the money because the money has no value whatsoever they could trade toilet paper and it's more valuable than the money is okay in russia they were using the money for wallpaper in their house or they were burning it for heat 
this this, this type is why of, you stack up on whiskey and cigarettes yeah, exactly and tampons people and, are always going to buy those things things that things that even the poorest among us will continue to buy yep that's that's what you got to do those things will always hold their value so th- it, this matters and it might not matter right now to you but it matters to future you and it matters to your kids and their kids and we're putting people in a hole just like our grandparents and our parents put us in a hole to have to deal with this by enacting policies that were never going to work out of safety and fear of the unknown so they enacted all of these policies and now we're having to figure out how the heck we're actually going to pay for it and what we're going to do is the proverbial kick the can down the road to someone else for them to pay for them to pay for it just like all the other countries who have suffered hyperinflation, enough people kicked it down the road that eventually the can got too big and no one could kick it. They just broke their foot when they kicked it. <laughs> and eventually it will hit you know that point. You know, you know thing. the thing. <laughs> eventually it will hit that point. And that actually matters. Uh, and maybe this is just, a, it sounds like a lot of fear mongering. And, you know, w- we can talk about how much debt you could actually sustain and it still be valuable and, and all that. I wanted to do a whole episode just talking about the debt because it's not automatically bad to have debt if the debt is towards something that is an investment and more value in the future. That, that's okay. You think uh, Apple has debt. Apple carries loans on things. They've got more money than the government does, but they carry loans. They will take out loans on things. Amazon has loans. People who have millions or billions of dollars will still take out debt. And so the debt is not automatically bad if that debt is going towards something that is going to create something more valuable in the future. So you have to ask yourself, is our debt going towards something that will create more value in the future? And that is not happening because we've spent trillions and trillions and taxed $100 trillion from the people since the income tax uh, was enacted. And what do you know? We're still running deficits all the time. Obviously, it hasn't been going towards things that made everything more valuable to where eventually it would have enough value to pay for itself. Uh, eventually, if you put $100 trillion into something, you shouldn't even have to tax the people anymore because you're making so much money off of all the amazing investments that you made. But that's not the case because they don't spend money efficiently. They don't use the money in a way that actually creates value like a business does. So there's good debt and there's bad debt. And we got a whole lot of bad debt. So that that part actually matters. Okay. Charlie, you got anything else before we uh, talk about the trading class and get on out? I don't. Well, I do. I wanted to mention uh, we, we talked about the devastation that happened uh, here in Middle Tennessee across the whole state, actually. Um, and any of you guys, and this is what one thing that I love about individuals and communities and people, especially when disasters happen is people come together and there's one, there's actually one place I already know of. I saw on the news in Nashville here that is actually turning things away because they have so much, they have so many supplies now in less than 12 hours since the tornado touched down, they have so many supplies because people have donated so much that they don't have anywhere to put it. And they've got plenty of things. But if you guys want to get involved, and uh, especially those living in Tennessee, uh, if you were affected by the storms, our, my, our hearts go out to you. Um, <clears throat> if you weren't and you want to donate and you want to get involved and you want to figure out how to help, no matter where you live, you can go to this website. This will we'll, be a donation to the Community Foundation. We'll put a link in the show notes. But, yeah, too. put a link in the show notes because it is kind of weird to remember. But it's MidTN, so M-I-D-T-N, MidTN. TN, which stands for Middle Tennessee, mid TN emergency dot Kimbia, 
which is Kim BIA, K I M B I A.com. Mid TN emergency.kimbia.com. Um, so we'll put that link in the show notes because it's very weird yeah. uh, to put it out there, but that'll give you a donation form that you can fill out and send money. This goes to the community foundation and they work with all of the local nonprofits in and out of Nashville and all the surrounding communities. Mount Juliet, where I used to live was hit pretty bad. Hermitage. I used to live there as well was hit pretty bad. Um, they're saying estimates of EF three tornadoes. Yeah. So 155 to 165 that's pretty bad. 165 that's like, miles an hour. That's like midway into the movie Twister before they get right. to the F3 tornadoes. That's one they could have got to Dorothy. Like Dorothy could have been inside yeah. one of those. Yeah. How crazy <laughs> does it, is it in that movie? So obvious. They have an F1 and an F2 and an F3 and a four and a five to yeah. a T in the movie. I mean, what perfect order for those tornadoes to happen in. I mean, come on. That was I'm going to go amazing. watch that movie tonight. Yeah, no. One of my favorites. <laughs> R.I.P. Bill Paxton. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it's, it's it's one to watch today if you're in Tennessee. That's the movie, <laughs> guys. If you're if you're interested in day trading, we day trade every single day. Had an interesting day trading, and uh, we actually were. I did my first trade recap where we were down a few bucks, not very much. We were down like a little bit of money, fifteen dollar, something like that. And I said in the video here, we're going to do this. I'm, if this comes down, we're going to short it right here, take it down to here. We're going to buy it right there and take it up to this point. And I drew out the lines on the chart and literally the stock followed the lines on the chart, <coughs> traded it to the T could not have happened more perfectly. And we got that on live video also, so we can put that on the class, but we're going to be offering a day trading class. If you've never even looked at a chart before, you can be in this class because that's where we start. We start right there from psychology to learning how to read a chart and then going all the way through picking, what platforms you need. Yeah. Pick your platforms, your brokerage, learning about the support and resistance and how to read your candlesticks and whether or not you need all these different indicators. There's millions of them and I don't really like any of them. Uh, so there's all kinds of different ways that you can trade the market. We have a few strategies that we trade every single day. And uh, yeah, we're going to be teaching people how to how to do this. It's $47 a month is the, the lowest tier. That gets you the class. It gets you trade recaps. It gets you pre-market analysis recaps. And then you have a level where you can actually watch me do the pre-market analysis uh, live every live. single morning. So you can watch me pick out the stocks that we're going to be trading. And then we even go to a higher level where you can do a one-on-one -on -one coaching session once a month. And we can talk about uh, anything you have questions on. We'll do one-on-one. -on -one. Now we'll be doing live Q&As every single week, which will be starting our first live Q&A next week for the people who have uh, joined the class or expressed interest in joining the class. But yeah, it's, you know, I'm sick of talking about what we're going to do with all these rich people's money. Okay. That, that's just not the conversation that any of you guys need to be having. You need to figure out what you're going to do with your own money. If you don't have any money, then you need to figure out how you're going to make some. And day trading, while it's risky, yes, but without risk, there is no reward. And if you want to stop talking about the people who took a lot of risk and have a really big reward and just become one of them, then starting with this class is a really good option for you. So, but, but hang on, what in life is not a risk? I mean, the food you eat is risky. Everything is. Every time I buy mushrooms, your marriage the, is risky. I buy mushrooms from the grocery store, and I have to make a life or death decision at that point because I literally somehow, at some point in my life, was taught to be scared of buying mushrooms from the grocery store because I saw a news story where someone died one time. 
So literally, I'll buy them. Like, man, I hope they pick these from the right mushroom patch. I really <laughs> hope get, they did. They're, or they could be laden with E. coli that the yeah. FDA didn't catch because they suck at their job. You could get the coronavirus from yeah. from Charlie if you come in contact with him <laughs> sometime. There's all kinds of risks. Hey, being really safe and not taking really big opportunities is a risk because then you're just dependent on the person who's given you a job, and they could get rid of you at any time. The market turns down. They have to go out of business. They have to lay people off. Don't sit there and tell me that your safe job is not a risk because it is so why don't you just be in control of that okay like like our good pal jason stapleton says you got to control the source we'll put a link to controlthesource.com in the show notes today because that's something that that jason stapleton's doing too and uh it's 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 a great a wonderful point you've got to control the source of your income and you can start with this trading class send me an email today the website's going to be going live tonight everyone's going to eat going to get an email blast here in just a few hours all the people who have signed up and it's going to send them the link to the class and all the information and this class well it's already started because i've been uploading videos to it we've been making videos educational powerpoints all kinds of stuff for this website for a couple weeks now and it's already stacked full of dozens of videos on there so we're going to keep adding videos keep teaching this class doing the live q a's and it starts tonight and all of those things will be on demand so if you're listening to this episode next week or a month from now something like that hey guess what the class is still there week one course content is still on the website so you can still get on there start from week one and work your way all the way up all right i just think it's i love trading i've been doing it every day for quite some time now and anytime you do something that excites you to the point that you'll wake up early to learn it or you wake up early to do it every day why not make that what you do every day i mean why not What's the risk you're going to take? What are you going to pay for college? I'll be honest with all y'all. I'll stuff? be honest with all of y'all. Nate had to go to the bathroom earlier. I, yeah. And he took his laptop with him. I did. I didn't know. How many of you guys sit on the throne yeah. of number two and you take your <laughs> laptop with you? That's how excited you that's, have to be about the work that you're doing. That's that how you don't ever want to stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Thanks for letting me You know everyone, that song? Yeah. Um, you know, you said it starts tonight. It reminds me of that song, the All American Rejects song. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's it ends tonight. Yeah. And we're doing the opposite of that. You it know the starts. thing. You know the thing. It starts we, it tonight. Starts tonight. You guys know and, a song from All American people. <laughs> you know you got the songs that starts tonight. All right. <laughs> so you guys know you guys know they get on the trading class and lose your money. <laughs> yeah. Everyone applauses after that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lose your money, by yeah. the way. Vote for but. Biden. <laughs> Vote for Biden. <laughs> anyway, uh. you know the thing. So anyway, if you guys uh, send Nate an email, and then after that, you'll, you'll be able to sign up on this. Uh, right now, it's a secret still, but tonight it will no longer be a secret. So get in on that secret. Send Nate an email. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. We love flooding his inbox. It's been tough for you to keep up with, honestly. I had to set up a new email uh, again. I mean, I've got, you know, eight I think I have eight different email addresses. Because you don't manage your Google Drive very I well. Go i got to teach you. I want to go through there and pick labels I need and to filter. Teach I don't want to do, do that. Those. I need to teach you the ways. So when, I have, when we have a news article that we like, I don't send that to my Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us because I don't want to flood my inbox with 40 articles <laughs> I find tonight after my Ambient kicks in. And I think it's a great idea. Like, I don't want to do that. So I made a new email to send the articles to. So Nate's favorite articles Nate's, at gmail.com. <laughs> Nate's, Nate's podcast notes at gmail.com. If you guys oh, yeah. want to send me an email on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one way to do it. Yeah. But anyway, you guys get in on that action. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. 
U.S. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. Um, another way to support this show that we mentioned earlier is by joining Patreon. We've got uh, we got subscribers joining every day. We just launched this a couple weeks ago, so really cool to see all of you guys in there. You're watching live, probably. You've, you've, you've seen this live video. You're the only ones that have access to it. And as low as five bucks a month, we'll get you that. You could have seen me crying earlier. I was laughing that hard. Yeah. Because we're so damn funny. And you get the pre-show and the post-show action, which the pre-show was hilarious today. Yes. I think. And the post-show will be too. Yeah. And that's just the way we roll. And the show is funny, obviously. That's why you guys listen every day. And thank you for that. And uh, so go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Get in on all the bonus action we've got there. It's not free, by the way. It's you got to pay monthly to support the show to get all of this wonderful content that we're creating for you. And we'll send you a merch item. We're going to make it worth your while. Yeah. It's, it's value provided, but uh, it's an exchange. For this lovely voice. Even at the $5 level, you get a 25% discount code for merch items. Which I mean, pays for itself it's over. It already like, pays for itself. Literally, it's, it it's pays free. for six months worth, actually. <laughs> Depends <laughs> so, on how much merch you buy. It could pay for all kinds of stuff. It, it could it pay can. for your college, depending on the amount <laughs> of merch you buy. <laughs> so, patreon.com slash Liberty. Do that. And then uh, share the show with a friend. If you guys like what you hear, if you think this is fun, if you think this is a great way for people to learn about liberty, to start to implement these solutions that we talk about on the show and get involved in the liberty movement, because that is the only true way forward, then share the show with them. Send them to BernieLies.com. Send them to LizLies.com and give them all of the education they could possibly need for the most compassionate ideology moving forward which is liberty it's all about liberty and then leave us a rating and review i know you guys want to five stars if you think it's worth it and that helps we ask you to do that because one it doesn't take very long and two it helps the show grow and that's what it's all about is growing this movement so leave us a rating review if you guys do all that we'll be back again tomorrow to recap super tuesday it's going to be a hell of a day man see who's going to be the nominee probably uh love other people's money (laughs) and you know the thing so if you guys do that we'll be back in tomorrow hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty